not have what we do. And I, I thank you very much for everything that we have. And I pray that you accept a, a small token of our gratitude and an offering back and to bless that offering and use it uh, in ways that you see fit. I pray this in Jesus' name. Hey, if you were here last week, maybe you recall that we uh, got started on a new sermon series entitled Reconcile. And uh, the reason that uh, we're going through these things is that uh, all these things, money and family and self and arts and body and earth, and and uh, we want to reconcile those things back to God. And so what does it mean that all of those things would be reconciled back to God? It means that we would look at all of those things, all of those things, through the lenses, through the lenses of a biblical worldview. And so we would look at earth. Last week we talked about looking at the planet earth. We said the earth is not fragile. God made it and he tells us that it's going to go away when he says it's going to go away. But we are to be good stewards of it. And so reconciling and looking at the earth through a biblical world view. We talked about that last week. Well, this morning um, we're going to talk about something else and uh, one of those other things on there. And what does it mean to look at that uh, through a biblical world view? And, uh, but first let's go this direction. How many of you uh, sort of grew up in the church, and uh, did any of you ever get in any trouble uh, for uh, doing something you weren't supposed to at church? You know, anybody ever get yelled at? You know, for uh, running down the hallways, or or maybe you were yelling or something like that, and they told you you can't yell. Maybe you were wrestling with some of your friends. They said you can't wrestle in church, and and uh, anybody anybody get in trouble for any of that kind of thing? And, uh, occasionally, people come through the door there, and and I'll hear somebody poke somebody else and say you can't say that in church, right? Because church. Church is a holy place. I remember uh, when I was in high school, I uh, went down to youth group and uh, come to find out there were some kids that went down the hall, went into one of the classrooms, and they were down there smoking pot in one of the classrooms in church. It's like, oh, you're not supposed to do that in church? It's like, no, you're not supposed to do that anywhere, you know? So especially in church, right? And so they were down there smoking pot in church. And so you can't do that in church. And uh, because church, church, everybody kind of knows church is this holy place, right? And uh, and that's where God's at. And you say kind of a lot of reverence there and things like that. But I tell you, you really don't know reverence and you really don't know holy and you really don't know this place. This, this place is like crazy reverent and crazy holy until I had an opportunity. I was in college. I took a class and, and we had to go. We took a field trip and uh, we took a field trip. Went to school in Southern California. We went down to Hacienda Heights, California, and we had to go to this place. Here's a picture. Here's a picture of uh, the, uh, uh, it's called the Sai Lei Temple, the Sai Lei Temple. It is a Buddhist temple in Hacienda Heights, and it was built, uh, started building it in uh, uh, 86 and ended up finishing it up in, in uh, 1988, and uh, listen to this. Um, this place is so holy to the Buddhist community that within five miles of this temple, as they were building it, property values went up 20%. Because to the Buddhist community, proximity uh, to the temple uh, was very uh, valued in the Buddhist uh, community. And so look at this. This is the this place is spectacular. This is the outside of it there. We took a tour of this place. Here's another one. And uh, everything that you're looking at inside there, gold. Real 
gold, real gold. Check out this next picture here. One of the hallways. I don't know if you can see the uh, kind of this outdoor hallway and the, the floors were uh, this shiny uh, marble floor. And and uh, this is the kind of place when you're walking around in there, uh, you could not even begin to imagine somebody reaching into their pocket, pulling out a piece of bubble gum, kind of popping that thing and grabbing it. And you Boom, with the wrapper, right? And nobody's out there uh, kind of flicking their cigarette butt onto the floor. This place was clean, clean. Look at these gardens. This place had these meticulous gardens, little bonsai trees, uh, and another one there. It was spectacular. And then the whole time we were there, uh, we were getting this tour, and we were getting this tour by these monks. And uh, here's a picture of one of the monks. There's another picture of one of the monks. And uh, and these monks that were there, they're, they're all ladies, there are these lady monks with these shaved heads, and I don't know what, if there was a rule or what, but they were all like under five foot tall, and uh, and they would they would kind of shuffle when they would walk, and they would and you could barely hear them, you, you could barely they would talk in the softest tone, softest tone, and they'd hold their hands together, and they'd take you into a room, and they would tell you this particular Buddha stands for this, and this Buddha stands for that, and then they took us into another room, and they asked us if we would like to light an incense so that the fragrance would go up, and I tell you, this place it just had this aura and this sense of cleanliness and cleanness, and you could tell they appreciated this place. This was a holy holy temple unto them. Let's pray. Uh, Father God, um, again, we come before you. You are God. And Father, again, I ask this morning, uh, we, we gather here, and for some of us, we, we have to admit that we gather here because it's a habit. And... Uh, and we don't know what else to do. This is what we do. Uh, for others, Father, uh, people come with heavy hearts and they're looking for something. Uh, Father, I just ask that you would help us to uh, set aside everything else and just teach us only what you want us to act on today. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 6. The Apostle Paul writing to the church, Corinth, he says this. Do you not know that your body is a temple? Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God, you are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Honor God with your body. Question, have you ever really thought about your body as being a temple? You ever thought, hey, you ever look in the mirror and just kind of say to yourself, that, that's a temple. And so I would like you to think of your body as a temple. And so I'm just going to ask, I'm going to go one, two, three, and go like that. And I want everybody in the room to say, I am a temple. Ready? One, two, three. I am a temple. Now I want, I want you to look at somebody next to you. I want you to poke them in the arm a little bit. And I want you, I want you to point at yourself just like this. And, and I want you to go, boom. You say, this here is a temple. Go. This 
here is a temple. That's right. Uh, did you not know that your body is a temple? Your body is a temple. It's a temple. Question, uh, do you know where God desires to dwell? Do you know where God desires to dwell? Think about it. In uh, the book of Genesis, so God creates the heavens and the earth. And he puts Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And then uh, he's hanging out in heaven. But he would go and he would visit with Adam and Eve that was in the garden. Then the fall uh, happens. Uh, Eve, the forbidden fruit. Adam, the forbidden fruit. Kicked out of the garden. No longer. And then all of a sudden, uh, do you remember, uh, um, uh, Moses goes up on the Mount Sinai. And then uh, Moses goes and, and he gives, gives instruction uh, to Moses. God says, I want you to build a tabernacle, a tabernacle, a tent. I want a, I want a tent that you guys, as you're traveling through the, uh, the wilderness, the entire nation of Israel, you're traveling around, build me a tent. And then the people will know I am going to dwell in this tent. And he hangs out in the tent, right? But then King David becomes the king of Israel. And he says, God can't live in a tent anymore. He says, let's build God a temple. And then hey, David wasn't able to but his son uh, becomes king. Solomon builds a temple as probably one of the most spectacular buildings ever built. Everything on the inside of it was made out of gold. And then God lived in the temple. God lives in the, he dwells in the temple. But then all of a sudden Jesus comes and through the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden the Bible teaches us that we are where, you are where God desires to dwell. You are a temple. Say it out loud. I am a temple. You are a temple. You are the only temple that God desires to dwell in. In your body, God desires to dwell there. Say, so, okay, well, how's that happen? How's that happen? Well, uh, they kind of asked that question. Uh, on the day of Pentecost, Peter was preaching a sermon. Jesus had just ascended up into heaven after the resurrection, and he's there, and uh, people, thousands of people are coming around, and Peter begins to preach, and the, and the people are listening as he, as Peter explains that Jesus really is the Son of God, and he really is the Savior, and he is the product of the good news, uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then the people came to him and said, well, what should we do to be saved? What do we do to, uh, so that uh, we can be a part of God's family? We want to be connected to God. What should we do? And Peter answers them in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 38. Peter replied, repent. Well, if you're moving away from God, do a U-turn, repent. Turn around, go back towards God. He says, he says, repent and be baptized. Be baptized. Be lowered into a watery grave and say, I want to die to myself. And I want to be raised again to be a brand new person that now lives for Jesus. And so that's what you do. You say, you say, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, the only guy that took care of our sins, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit moves inside of you when you become a Christ follower, a Christian. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13, it says, you also were included in Christ when, when, when you heard the word of truth. There's the gospel. I hear it. I understand it. Jesus died for my sins. The gospel is the good news of Jesus. When you heard the gospel of your salvation, having believed, having believed it, said, hmm, I believe it. I want it. You were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, and God moves inside of you. You are a temple. Say it out loud. I am a temple. I am a temple. There you go. And God has a plan to work in you. Listen to this. 
And he wants to use you to advance the kingdom and his family. He wants to use you to advance his family. And he wants to use you and to, that you would be a tool for uh, to explain to people who Jesus is. And he desires to use you. Uh, you are the place that God desires to dwell. You are the place that God desires to dwell. This morning I want to talk with you about reconciling your body, taking on a biblical world view of your physical body. Because, write this down, point number one in your bulletin, it is easy to abuse your body. Your temple. It's easy to abuse it. When we say it's easy to abuse your body, very quickly your mind shifts to uh, uh, your physical appearance, uh, maybe to your size or your shape or your weight. And uh, you, uh, you begin to wonder if uh, my body is the kind of body that God would want to dwell uh, in and uh, your physical condition, whether you're in shape or out of shape. And, and the truth is, in America, the truth is in America uh, that America has a problem with its weight. It's just, it's just a fact. It's just a fact. Here's, here's a chart from the CDC. The CDC says that, uh, listen to these statistics. It's just, it's just facts. It's okay. Uh, according to the CDC, uh, the Center of Disease Control, we know what that is now more than we ever did in our entire life, right? 65% of Americans, uh, are, 65% of Americans are overweight. Uh, 31% could be classified as obese and the current uh, numbers of children that are overweight have tripled since the year 2000. That's 2000. Here's 2020. Uh, 2020. Uh, 2020. Boom. Uh, it's just going up and it's going crazy and it's going in the wrong direction. Now listen. The CDC says. Listen. This is a crazy statistic. The CDC says that today obesity kills more people than starvation. Think about that. And maybe, maybe you remember seeing on TV, remember there used to be commercials on TV where they'd say, if you just send $9.95 a month, and they would show you all of those horrid pictures of starving children, and your heart just break, and you can hardly stand to watch the commercial because the children are starving. And it's still true. There are still children that are starving. But today, obesity kills more children than starvation does through diabetes and through heart disease and smoking and, and from high blood pressure and, and, and from stroke. I shouldn't have said smoke. I should have said stroke from stroke, uh, from uh, high blood pressure. And uh, all of these are increased profoundly when a person is overweight. And that's just a reality. I went to see my doctor. I've had several doctor's appointments more lately. And, you know, it just comes of uh, being older. It doesn't come from being out of shape. It comes from being older. 
And so I go see my doctor, and uh, the doctor, he orders his battery test because I'm an old guy. And he says, he says, young guys, young guys come in and they want, they want to know. I say, doctor, give me, I want my blood work done. I want to know what my sugar levels are. I want, I want to know what, uh, you know, my uh, cholesterol is. I want to know what, uh, you know, my, uh, my pH levels are and all these, all these things. I want to know what all these things are. And, uh, my doctor says, he, frankly, he, and, and, in fact, um, he says, frankly to them, he says, why do you want to know all of that? So why do you want to know uh, what your cholesterol is? Why do you want to know what your blood sugar is? He says, I'm not even going to do it for you. He says, I'm not going to give you those tests. You don't need to know. It doesn't matter. You don't need to know unless you're going to do something about it. Otherwise, if you're not, if I'm going to, if I tell you your blood sugar is high and you're not going to do anything about it, what good is it? And he was really direct, really, really direct about that. Listen to this. Listen to this. It's hypocritical. It's hypocritical to want socialized medicine. This is, this is from, this is not from me, him. It's hypocritical to want socialized medicine when people don't take care of themselves. You are asking others to fix the very problem that you created. It's making a mess and asking somebody else to clean up the mess. That's hard. That's hard. That's hard. What is the biblical view of your physical Body, the biblical view of your physical body is, I am a temple. Say it. I am a temple. I am a temple. Now, you already wrote this down. Point number one. It's easy to abuse your body, but write this down. It's easy to be obsessed with your body. And so there are neglectors and there's obsessors, right? And there's uh, the other side of the coin, right? You can be obsessed uh, with your body. Um, uh, do you see the magazines when you're standing in the aisle there? And, uh, you know, and um, the, usually the magazines as you're checking out at the, at the grocery, you know, you probably don't see those much anymore. Usually just walk up to the self-check and beep, 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 and you're out the door, right? It used to be you had to stand. Remember when you had to stand in the aisle forever for that person? Now you don't have to do that anymore. And so but you look at all those magazines in the aisle and, um, you know, usually they have the, uh, um, you don't you don't know this about me, maybe, but uh, well, I personally uh, I am a paid fitness model. I don't know if you know that or not, but uh, what, what are you laughing about? What are you laughing about? Um, a, a few years ago, I was in this uh, uh, I was in this uh, thing, uh, and uh, it was. Uh, it's a class that you would take, and it was called Farrell's Body Shaping, and and um, and they had this competition where everybody that joins the class, um, they, whoever won at the end of the thing, got a thousand dollars, and uh, and I won, I won the thing, and I got a thousand dollars, and before they give you a thousand dollars, they they had me sign like ten pages of stuff because they put they would use my picture, they used my picture in their advertising, they had the kind of the before and the after picture, you've seen those kind of things, and they and they and so they had. To give, when they gave me the $1,000, it was so that they could uh, use my uh, picture in all their advertisement. Then I had people from all over the place call me, hey, I saw your picture. I saw your picture. I said, yeah, I am a paid fit. Now, and then you'll never see my picture on, on the thing, but the reality is now you can say, yeah, I, I know a paid fitness model. I, you know, just don't tell them who it is and don't tell them to look at me because they'll never believe you. But, it's here. And, but when you look at those, when you look at those advertisements, when you look at those advertisements, you know, it's the person that's got the really chiseled abs, right? They got the definition in their arm. Arms, you know, and they're all tanned up and oiled up, and they look really, really uh, good. And so it's easy uh, to neglect. It's easy to neglect, but it's also very easy to obsess over. It's easy to obsess over. Listen to this. In 2021, 
Americans spent $3.9 billion on tanning beds. $3.9 billion going to tanning beds. You think that's a lot of money? Listen to this. Last year, according to the National Institute of Cosmetic Surgery, last year, people spent $15 billion on cosmetic surgery. $15 billion on cosmetic surgery. Now, you know how much $15 billion is? I don't know. And so I came up with this. You know how much $15 billion is? And so uh, here, let's put a picture up here. Here is a, this is a half million dollar house. Half million dollar house is a nice house. If you had $15 billion, you could buy 30,000 half million dollar homes. How many homes is 30,000 half million dollar homes? You could buy 153 half million dollar homes in every country in the world. That, my friends, is a lot of money spent on cosmetic surgery. Now watch this. Did you know that 1.6 billion dollars of that 15 billion was spent on injectables? <laughs> right? Injectables, injectables, Botox or whatever the case may be. $1.6 billion spent on injectables. So let's listen. One of the things that happened during the pandemic was that uh, people had a lot more free time, right? They were uh, furloughed or whatever the case may be. They were quarantining. And and, uh, and so in uh, since the pandemic started, um, according to the, uh, uh, the the National Institute of uh, uh, Gyms and uh, and uh, Workout Centers in, in America, uh, 20... 20, the gym membership went up by 22%. Gym membership went up 22%. And that's a good thing. People uh, were using their free time wisely. But gym membership, uh, but uh, according to their stats, 6.4% of the people that get a new gym membership never go into the gym. Now consider this. $15 billion is a lot of money. Last year in America, people spent $33 billion on gym memberships. It's a $33 billion a year industry gym memberships. That's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Now, I'm... Nothing wrong with that. I've been a part of a lot of gyms, been a lot of gyms. I enjoy going to uh, gyms when I had gym membership. I like to go there and, and uh, hang out there. And nothing wrong with that at all. Nothing wrong with having a gym membership. That's not, that's not the point. The point is we can be obsessed. We can be obsessed. We can neglect or we can be obsessed with our bodies. Listen to this question. When you look in the mirror, what do you see? Say this. I am a temple. When you look in the mirror, what do you see? Last year I preached a sermon series called VIP and the point of that series was all about 
you are very important to God. You are very important to God. So think about these things. God formed you. He formed you. Book of Psalm chapter 139, verse 13, 14 says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. God made you. You are a temple of God. God wants to dwell in you. Now, write this down. He gifted you. He gifted you. I have a homework assignment for you. That's the homework assignment. Came right out of Sunday school this morning. <clears throat> In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, here's your homework assignment. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Write that down in your notes. Uh, circle it there. It should be in your notes already. Circle that. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And what that chapter is all about is that we are all different. We have different gifts. We have different talents. We have different abilities. And there's things that I can do uh, better than somebody else can do. There's things that other people can do that's better than me. But I am uh, wonderfully, fearfully made by God. And I have uh, abilities that I am supposed to be using to advance the kingdom of God. I am supposed to be doing those things. And so listen, write this down. He loves you. John 3, 16. You know what it says. For God so loved the world. What? That he gave, what? His one and only son. Why did he do that? Because he wants you to be with him forever and ever and ever. He paid a tremendous price for you. He desires to dwell inside of you. Now listen, we can neglect our body, our temple, or we can obsess over it, but what does God want us to do with our body? He wants us to do this, write this down. He wants us to live with an eternal perspective. He wants us to live with an eternal perspective, to recognize this is temporary and that He is eternal. First Timothy chapter four, verse eight says, For physical training is of some value. What's that mean? Just that. There is value in physical training. There is value in exercise. It's biblical. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Have an eternal perspective. The book of Jeremiah, chapter 9, says this. This is what the Lord says. Let not the wise boast of his wisdom, or the strong man boast of his strength, or the rich man boast of his riches. These things are all temporary, and they're here on this earth, right? But let him who boasts boast about this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For in these I delight, declares the Lord. Have an eternal perspective. I am in this physical body for this lifetime. I should not obsess over it. I should not I should not neglect it, but I am to have an eternal perspective. So what should we do in conclusion? Let's write these things down. Be 
physically active. When you, were, when you wish, um, if you wish, or when you wish you were someone or something else, remember that God uh, desires to live inside of you and that God didn't make a mistake in making you, so be physically active. CDC says that uh, an active, physically active person uh, exercises for 150 minutes a week. And so uh, if we start right now, we can be done in almost two hours, right? And so um, uh, what's 150 minutes a week? That's about 20 minutes a day. Um, and uh, CDC says you don't even have to do that 20 minutes. That that is considered having a physical, uh, physical, uh, an exercise routine to get your heart rate up. 150 minutes a week, or about 20 minutes a day, and that uh, doing that has this effect. It lowers, it lowers diabetes, heart disease, stroke, and high blood pressure. All of those things that obesity contribute to, just having a pretty mild exercise routine flips all that around. And so that's why it says physical training has value, that we would be a people that would do that, that we would be a people that would. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 33 says, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief. And scarcity, like an armed man. What's that mean? You can't just be docile and lay around. Now, aren't you glad you came to church this morning? You feel picked on? You feel picked on? Listen, I'm just wanting you to know that there is a biblical worldview, and God doesn't want us to neglect, and he doesn't want us to obsess, but he wants us to be a representation. I am a temple of a living God that lives inside of me. So be physically active, and then do this. Get adequate rest. It's healthy to get rest. God rested. God rested. God, he built uh, all the things that we are aware of, uh, all creation in six days. And on the seventh day, he what? Right? He rested. He rested, right? In fact, in the Ten Commandments, right? Uh, the ten, one of the Ten Commandments, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy, right? That means have a day of rest, right? Uh, Jesus was getting tangled up with the Pharisees because uh, they said, oh, you're not resting. You know, we saw you. We saw you heal that person. You're supposed to be resting on the day. And, and Jesus said, well, yeah, but it's, it's always good to do good on, on the day you're resting. You can do good things on the day you're resting. But it was part of Scripture to, to rest, to be a person that rests. Uh, Jesus, Jesus said in the book of Matthew, chapter 11, verse 26, Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary, and I will give you what? More stress. Come to me and I will give you rest. Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest. Maybe you've seen the t-shirt. Maybe you've seen the t-shirt that says, uh, be more like Jesus. Jesus took naps. Did you see that? You ever see that t-shirt? Remember uh, Jesus when he was on the boat there and the storm came and where did they find Jesus? Jesus taking a nap on the pillow. Be more like Jesus. Take a nap. You know, maybe you've seen uh, that t-shirt. But get, uh, we, we should be a people that are mindful that my body is my temple and that God has given this to me and I'm supposed to take care of it. I'm not supposed to neglect it. I'm not supposed to be obsessed with it. But I, eternally, he lives in me. Be free from addiction. Write that down. Be free from addiction. Listen, drugs, alcohol, nicotine, junk food, too much TV, 
They all take years off your life. God wants you to depend on him. What's that mean? God wants you to depend on him. Um, If you get home from work and you're stressed out and the first thing you want to do is plop on the couch, turn on the TV. If the first thing you want to do is pour that glass of wine. If the first thing you want to do is have that cigarette, if whatever, anything like that, anything like that, any the first thing you want to do is get in the freezer and pull out and get that, oh, oh, that Ben and Jerry's. Ben and Jerry's. Oh, man. Everybody just, Ben and Jerry's. If that is the go-to place for your comfort, We have to think seriously about that. God wants to be our comfort. God wants to be our comforter. So when we're stressed out, God is not against anybody enjoying Ben and Jerry's. He's not against people sitting down watching TV. I believe what God would really like but before we do those things and we're stretched out, we're stressed out, we sit down and say, God, the day was hard. And I'm a mess. And you say, when I come to you, you give me rest. So I just want to take some time. I want to breathe deep. I want to tell you about my day. Thank you for giving me rest. Now, Let's go have a little Ben and Jerry's, right? And it's okay, but it's the perspective. It's the mindset. Where do I go for comfort? What is that that I go to? And that's where God wants to be in your life. Don't beat yourself up if you've neglected. Don't beat yourself up if you've obsessed. Bring it into alignment with an eternal perspective that I'm going to spend eternity with God. And God wants me to take care of myself. And he wants me to go to him. And he wants me to spend time with him because he is God. He is God. Last one, write this down. Get accountability. Get accountability. Find 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 somebody that will help you be accountable. Maybe you need to get a, a, a workout partner. Uh, maybe you need to get an exercise partner. Maybe you need to get a Bible reading partner. Maybe uh, you, you need to uh, get somebody to kind of uh, help back you away from some of the obsessions that you have about your body. Maybe you have to find somebody uh, that would partner with you to say, I want to start walking. I want to start exercising. I want to take care of my temple because after all, I am a temple. I am a temple. I am a temple. Which begs this question. The most important question of the day. Are you a temple? Are you? Scripture is clear. The way we become a temple of God is only when we invite God into our life. Have you done that? Have you done that? Scripture is clear. The way that we do that is we say, Dear God in heaven, thank you for sending me your son to die on the cross. I accept him as my Lord, my King, 
my God, my Savior, the only one that can forgive me of my sins. I desire to be baptized into the watery grave and to be raised again to be a new person, to have your spirit in me. Are you a Christian? Are you a follower of Christ? Have you given your life to Christ? Because if you haven't, you're on the fence, you're an empty temple. And God wants to move in and he, he's a gentleman. He does not force his way in. You have to open the door and invite him in. Have you ever given your life to Jesus Christ? If you haven't, that's a conversation I'd like to have with you about how you give your life to Christ. I talked to you about being baptized. If you are a Christian, you know that Christ lives within you, you're a temple. Don't neglect it. Don't obsess over it. It's temporary. Let it be a good representation that God lives in me. Let's pray. Father, we, uh, we come to you. And uh, Father, you love us. You, you love us to an extent that is we can't even comprehend. You are love. You gave your son for us. You desire that we would come to you. You accept us exactly the way we are, and you partner with us as we go through this journey of life. And so, Father, we come to you right now. We ask that you would help us to be the people that you call us to be. We ask this in Jesus' name, and amen. Amen.